12 lines down on Tessimit Aleph, we'll pick up with Ravasi. I'm Ravasi. I double underlined Ravasi. Now we're going to have him say something. Let's see what he says. Ksafim harehin kakarka. Which kind of doesn't make sense literally. Uh, money is just like land. Okay. I dot underline ksafim harehin kakarka. And clearly he meant something when he said that. So the Gemayu wants to know, Lamai hilchasa. Well, to what end does that mean that Ksafim is like Karka. We know in many ways that Ksafim is not like Karka, so how is it? So let's put a number one in the margin here with the line ending Elema and squiggle underline the Elema. One line later, let's squiggle underline the word Ella and put a number two in the margin. Seven lines later, last word line is Ella. Let's squiggle underline that and put a number three in the margin. And four lines from the bottom, second to the last word is Ella. Let's squiggle underline that and put a number four in the margin. Let's see if we can figure out what Ravasi means when he says Ksafim Harein Kakarka. So Lamai Hilchasa. Ilema, if you want to say it's Le'inyin Meita that has to do with the Meita, that even if you have, it is highest quality land, you could always give money instead. Well, Hainu de Ravuna. That was the same thing that Ravuna said about five, six lines ago when he said Kesef or Meita. So we would know that already. Ella, so we squiggle in on the Ella, second approach. You know what Ksafim Harein Kakarka means? Imagine you have a father, he has two sons, the father dies, the sons split the estate. The estate, let's say, has a million dollars of land and a million dollars of cash. One of them takes 50%, which happens to be the land and all the land. And the other one takes money, which is exactly 50%. Basically, they divided the estate equally. Comes along somebody who their father owed money to, and remember, what's he able to collect uh, from? The Natal, Karka, he's able to seize the land. So imagine uh, the father owed a million dollars, he could seize that million dollars of land. Now, what are we being told then? That apparently this uh, Karka fellow, the brother who took the land, can uh, go and take half of the money that his brother took. And that's what we mean, that they're just like Karka, because just like the Baal Ksafim has to pay half of the debt of his father. Now, the Gemara rejects this, interestingly enough, two different ways. It rejects it here, and then turns around using the opposite logic to reject it that way. So I put an A over here. The Gemara says, nah, it can't be, uh, in the A approach. Pshita, one second. Hi bira, the high love bra? Like this one's a son, this one's not a son? Of course the guy who had taken all the cash will have to uh, go and split that cash with the brother, so they end up with a 50-50 split of the cash because all of the land was seized. The Ikada Amri is like of course this shouldn't be. So Ikadamri, I squiggle it on the Ikadamri, the B rejection of the number two approaches, Adurabla quite to the contrary, the other way. Da Amarle, the brother who took the cash can say to the brother who took the land, my dear brother, lahachi shakli ksafim. That's exactly why I took the cash, because I knew there was a threat to my share, which I took. In other words, the cash, de mignavi, like cash can be stolen, especially if you've got a lot of cash. If it was stolen, lo mishtalna minach. I'm not going to come hang and knock on your door and say, hey, give me half of the land. Okay, but I took that risk and I got the cash. Well, Lahaki Shaklis Ara, that's exactly why you took the 
land. And you know what? When you took land, you also had a risk. You know what the risk is? Earlier liens that dad had before he passed away. The mitrafa that if it was seized away, like actually happened, lo mishtam nalach midi minai, that I was not going to have to pay anything to you. Okay, and uh, that would certainly not fit into Ravasi, who said, Safim is like Karka. Sounds like they're almost the opposite. Ella, so we squiggle it on the Ella. A third attempt to um, explain what Ravasi meant when he said that. L'shnei achem she chalku. It's talking about two brothers who split. Now, the entire estate that they split was land. So let's say they got 100 acres of land. They split it 50 acres, 50 acres. Uba ba'al chayiv. And comes along the um, one that their f- uh, that their father owed money to, and takes one of the two brothers' complete land. That's the case that the other brother would have to pay half of his portion, either give half of the land that he got, or pay the equivalent in cash. And that's what Ravasi meant when he said that cash is like land, that the brother who took the land that wasn't seized would be able to give either the land or the cash equivalent of the land. Well, if that's what Ravasi meant, we sort of question that, and we have it's about a ten-line question. It starts here and goes down till first where the line is, no tell. Well, Ravasi already told us that once elsewhere in Bava Metzia, de Itmar. We have a case over there, Ha'acham Shechalko, in that case, you have uh, brothers who uh, split the estate of their deceased father, Uba Bal Chayv, and, and a, a person who had been owed money by their father before it passed away. Then Natal and takes the portion that one of the brothers had received as uh, his, so to speak, inheritance. Three way Machlokas, uh, Rav Shmuel and Ravasi. Rav, who underlined Amar, Batla Machlokas. The split that they had done before basically is nullified, and they go back, throw all whatever's left back in the pot, and uh, resplit the whole estate. Kama Shmuel, who underlined Amar, he says, Viter, he has been Mavater, basically he's lost his portion. We'll see what that means momentarily. And Ravasi, who we want to focus on, we know that Ravasi says, Notel Revia Bekarka or Revia Bemos, that he basically has to. Give him one-fourth of his portion, either land or money. And here's where we see Ravasi saying, either land or money, and what has to be be paid up. Colon. Now, here's a way to explain each one. Rav, who we now circle Damra, Batlamach, like the original split that was done, is now nullified. Kisavar, because he's of the opinion, how do you view brothers who split up their uh, deceased father's estate? Ha'achim, Shechalku, are like Yorshim, Havu. When they split it, they're still like they're inheriting it, and therefore, if part of that estate gets seized away, you have to throw all of the back into the pot and split it again. Shmuel, who I circled Amar, Viter. What does it mean that he's given up his portion? Well, that's because the way that Shmuel looks at brothers who split a an estate of their deceased father, Okay, now, you don't throw everything back into the pot if something else changes. When you purchase something and you don't have any guarantees, like if it gets seized, that's just too bad. Ravasi, who we circled, is the approach we're more focused on. Ravasi, Amar, Noitel, Revia Bekarka, or Revia Bemois. He either gets one-fourth of the land or one-fourth of the cash. And that's where we see that cash is like land. Now, why one-fourth? Well, 
Misafkale, because Ravasi is not sure if we go like Rav Shmuel. In other words, Misafkale, our brothers who, sit, who split the estate of their deceased father, Damu, in which case each brother is entitled to 50% of whatever the whole is, if there's two brothers, and let's say there's no Bechor, or the Lekuchas, and they get 0%. Basically, if you get it seized away, too bad. So what's halfway in between the 0% and 50%? Hilkach, 25%. And that's why Notzel, Revia Bekarka, or Revia Bemois, take one-fourth of what was the total estate, either in land or in money. Okay, bottom line, Ravasi already told us that. Ella! So I squiggle in on the Ella. The fourth approach. What did Ravasi mean when he said at the start of today's shear that Ksafam Haren Kakarka, Mai Harehen Kakarka, Le'inyin Meitav? Well, they're like Karka, just like when it comes to Meitav, which basically means that a person doesn't want to give up their best land, they can simply pay cash if they have it, and that would work. Well, Ihachi, Hanu Duravuna. We sort of tried that, that was the first approach, and we said, well, then he'd just be saying the same thing as Ravuna. Guess what? That's exactly what he's doing. He's saying, Ema, all you have to do is change one word, add this one word in, that not when we started today's Shir Amaravasi, but rather, Vechain. I double in on the Vechain. And also said Ravasi. So yeah, Ravasi was just saying along the same lines as that where Ravuna told us. Period. Amaravzeira Amaravuna. The mitzvah, Adshlish. When it's uh, mitzvah related, up to one third. What in the world are we talking about? One third of what? My shlish. Ilema, I squiggle underline Ilema. And on the last word of the next line is an Eli, squiggle underline that. So Ilema, if you want to say what it means is shlish, basically you have to pay one third of your entire net worth for a mitzvah. Really? So then E, Isrami, Elamiyatsi, Isrami, Leitzlasa, Mitzvah, like three mitzvahs come your way. Lazy, Lukuli, Basi, you have to pay your entire net worth. Uh, you're not worth anything. That can't be. Ella, so we squiggle under the Ella. What does it mean, the third? Ella, Amar, Rabzeira. Behidr mitzvah ad shlish mitzvah. When it comes to doing the mitzvah on like a higher level than the standard level, uh, you should be uh, willing to pay up to a third more. So if there's one option and you can get the much nicer option, you should pay uh, up to a third above the standard option. Okay, when we say a third, is that a third milagav or the third milabar? Boy Ravashi, is it shlish milagav or shlish milabar? Above shlish milagav, I uh, wrote in six and then an arrow pointing to eight. Above shlish milabar, I wrote in six, then with an arrow pointing towards nine. In other words, when we say a third, we're used to in the Western world, when you talk about a third, let's say you have uh, six, what's a third of that is? Two. So that's the way, that's one way of looking at it. Shlish mile. Gav is from the inside. So you take the six. What's one third of six? Two. So six plus two is eight. Or is it shlish mila bar? Shlish mila bar is you basically, what does it mean one third? It means whatever money you have, you split it into two. And then you add an additional portion, the same size. So if you have six, you split it into two, which would be three and three. And then add another three, and you would end up with nine. So are we saying that if the standard mitzvah, whatever the mitzvah is, costs six, you should pay up to nine or pay up to eight? Teku, that remains unresolved. Bemarava out west in Israel, Amri Mishmei de Rabzeira, Ad Shlish Mishaloi, up to a third is yours, that which you will add for a Hidr Mitzvah. Um, you basically don't get a payback for that in this world, you certainly get a payback in the next. Whereas Mikan Ve'elach, anything about that, Mishel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
actually comes from the Rebbeinoi She'olam. Okay, if you add more than a third, Hashem will actually pay it back, not only in the next world, but even in this world. Okay, says the Mishnah. Um, a little bit of a poetic reading, a difficult reading, but anything that I did that I became obligated, in guarding it, in watching it, in looking after it, I have Let's say I have prepared or caused the damage if it ends up doing damage. Um, then watch it properly. Period. Hechsharti bemiktsas nizkai, chavti betashlume nizkai, kehechsher kol nizkai. Let's say I, that this hechsharti is um, like prepared. I only like left in a negligent way part of the potential damage. I would actually, if it did damage uh, fully, I would have to pay full damages as though I had left it in a situation of um, preparing it or leaving it fully to be able to damage. Period. Now, what type of um, assets is it that if I damage them, I'm going to be responsible to uh, reimburse the damaged party. They have to be nechasim she'ein behen mi'ila, that there's no mi'ila bull, which is another way of saying if uh, I damage uh, assets of hektish, then I'm not chayiv to pay. We know that comes from shor re'ehu, meaning the whole discussion of uh, responsibility for paying for damages is when it's your fellow uh, co-person's uh, item that was damaged, not the uh, holy temple. Nechasim she'ein shel b'nei bris, it's uh, clearly talking about assets that are owned by Jews, which come to exclude Gentile um, assets, which um, on this level I would not be uh, liable for. Nechasim uh, hamiyuchadim, it has to be that they are unique and that they are owned, as uh, to the exclusion of Hefker, that if I did damage uh, to Hefker, I'd be Pater. We'll see when we get to the tomorrow what we're talking about there. Ubechol mokayim, and it's every place, that which the one who's responsible for the damage is liable, it has to be basically in any type of scenario or place, except except if it's in the mazik's own rishos. Like, the, the mazik in his rishos, he's king. If he damages something that shouldn't have been in his own rishos, well, it shouldn't have been there. Uh, and also rishos and nizak mazik, also if there's a uh, area that is uh, uh, jointly shayich to have things about the nizak and the mazik, that would be an exclusion. And then we uh, conclude this Mishnah the same way we concluded the opening Mishnah. And this is actually what we were referring to. This Ukishihizik Chav Hamazik is uh, what we use to include Karen. Um, remember the Sukkah at the beginning of the uh, Perak. Tanrabanan. The Gemara brings a Brisa. Brisa goes for three lines, starts here, and it actually quotes the opening. Uh, line of our Mishnah. So when our Mishnah said, I actually put right angles here, so it's a later Brysa quoting the um, earlier Mishnah, uh, right angles, anything that I have the obligation to guard or look after, uh, it's because of me, if I didn't, that I have uh, caused or prepared the damage and I'm responsible. Okay, that's the end of the right angle. Kate said, well, what would be an example of this? Sure, or a boar, let's say I have an ox, or I have a pit, 
and I give it over to some uh, uh, deaf mute or some you know mentally uh, compromised individual or like an eight year old vehezikai, and then these things end up doing a damage. Chayev l'shalem, I am responsible to pay for that damage. Kama masha'in kain be'ish, which would not be the case when it came to fire. I dot underline those four words, masha'in kain be'ish. Okay, that's the end of the Bryce. A little bit of uh, explanation, please, ask the Gemara of Mayaskinan. What exactly is the case over here? And then we'll have to plug it in and see if it makes sense. Elay my squiggle underline the Elay men two lines later, directly below this is an Ella, a squiggle underline the Ella. And then three, four lines later, last word line is bishor. The word before that is la'olam. I squiggle underline that. So it's an ilema, ella, la'olam. Basically, suggestion one, and then reject it. Suggestion two, and then reject it. And we'll have the uh, conclusion. So what is the case here? Ilema, I underline four words. Bishor, kasher, ubor, mechusa. That the sure or born, this question is, it was an ox that I gave over to a, let's say, a katan or shaita cherish that was properly tied up or a bore that was properly covered, well then let's see the parallel case when it comes to fire. De kavasa, the parallel case, gabe eish gacheles, and I underline eish gacheles, well, why then the difference in one I would be liable and the other I wouldn't? Maishna hacha, umaishna hacha. Why is there any reason to make a distinction between whether it was a... Um, Bore that was properly covered, a shore that was properly tied, or a fire that was just a, when we say fire, we mean like a, a coal. Ella? Rather, it must be, I squeal on the Ella, that the shore in question that I gave over, let's say, to the eight-year-old was a shore mutar. He was un, he, he was untied. He was un, uh, kept under uh, proper guidance, or guarding. Ubor megula, and the pit that I gave over uh, so to speak, to watch uh, to the eight-year-old was uncovered. Well, the kavasa gabe eish, the parallel case when it came to fire would be a shalhevet, not like a hot coal, but an actual like a flame that I, I gave over to him. Now, why in the world, if I gave a flame over to someone who's not responsible, would I not be liable if something happened to that? Why would we say um, four words at right angles in the above price of Marshain King Beish? Those are the four words that we dot underline. De- Potter? Really? Why would I be Potter if I give like a, a flamethrower that's on to some eight-year-old? Question mark, exclamation point, connector. Vahama Reish Lakish, I circled Reish Lakish. Mishmei, he said in the name of Chizkiah, Loi Shanu, that there'll be a petur, if like you give something over to someone who's not necessarily responsible. El Shamasu like a cheles liba. It's only if you gave over, let's say, a coal and then the cherish blew on it. That's what will be a bit of Shalheves. You give over, I don't know, the equivalent of like a, a flamethrower that's throwing his flames or like a, a lit torch. Chayev. For sure, the person who gave that over to the uh, eight-year-olds would be liable if there's some damage caused. My time. Oh, why is that? Daha Bari Hezek. It's pretty clear that like the damage is just waiting to happen and therefore it's responsible of the person who gave it to the kid, even if it's the fire. La'ilam. So the Gemara concludes that really, I squeal and I'm the la'ilam, bishor kasher ubor mechusa. So this approach is uh, what we started with. So let's go back to this. We're talking about giving over to the eight-year-old an ox that was properly tied, a boar that was properly covered. Udikavasa, in the parallel case, gabe eish, is indeed a gachelis, is a uh, coal that is uh, very hot. Udikavasa, is that what you tried to reject this approach when we suggested it about eight lines ago? And you said, well, maishna hachu, maishna hacha, Here's the difference. 
ashore, the very nature of a bull is it's its way to, to pull away, to rip away, to get away from its, that which is guarding it. And, and, and therefore, when I gave it over to the kid, I had to reasonably have assumed that that probably would have been the case. Also, boar, when you have a covered pit, uh, especially in those days, darche linituri, like linituri here would be like nasho, uh, uh, would be like to, to fall or become dislodged. Like it's just in the normal way of things. Remember, this is a boar in the Shusharab. People are walking over it and kicking it. As opposed to, though, a gacheles. Because if you just leave a gacheles, kama dishavikla, as long as you leave it, me amya amya va'azla, it continually dims. It dims and dims continually. In other words, the damage that can be caused by it gets less and less as time goes on, as opposed to the shore or the bore. Kama ul Rabbi Yochanan, ul circle Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan, who said, Amra filu masole shalheves, nami pater. He said that, actually, when we're talking about mashayinkin be'esh, what we mean is, the person gives over to an eight-year-old, they, like a lit torch, well, the case over here, the parallel case, if you want to compare it to what we were discussing, was a shor mutar, a uh, totally unbound ox, or a bormagula, a totally uncovered pit, and there was just a rabim. Well, then we could ask on Rabbi Yochanan there, in our understanding, so far, well, here's the difference, according to Rabbi Yochanan, this is what he would explain, and this we will conclude the shir. Hasam, when it comes to Aish. It was the holding in the hand, even if it's a lit torch, of either the cherish, the shaita, or the katan that caused whatever damage would have been caused. If he just would have left it there, nothing would have happened. Now, there's, he's the one who walked it over, let's say, to the haystack, or he's walked it over to some person's house. Whereas, hacha, when it comes to the shore of the boar, loit savsa. It's not the the holding on to or the grasp or the or the koach of the cherish that is causing it. And as uh, Rashi says, the second of the wide, wide, wide lines says Rashi Ramesh it's the holding on by the Cherish. Garma ha hever shuhu not He's the one who walked it over the the uh, uh, flame, the uh, torch to the uh, pile of uh, grain, let's say. Whereas when it comes to the shore and the board, it's not the holding or the causing of the of the cherish. Sheha shore halach vehizik. It's the shore goes on its own, and therefore the person who gave the cherish the shore is responsible. V'chein habor velo al yedei cherish hizik adkan.